Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 24, Family Group Collaborations Working Together at Home and Abroad. special welcome to our Histio community and listeners. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. One of the things we like to do here at the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast is share with you the work that's being done around the globe in order to give you a bird's eye view of the massive efforts being made all around the globe and help you to know and feel that you're not alone. And that is exactly what today's episode is all about. In this episode, I sat down with two family group representatives and have a conversation about what their groups are doing, their experience at the Histiocyte Society's annual meeting in Stockholm, and also to get their thoughts on the family group collaboration meeting that was held with the executive board of the Histiocyte Society. Now, although we only have two representatives here with us today, there are family groups located all over the world. So what we have here is just a very small but a very important sampling of the many global endeavors happening even as I speak. I think that by hearing the excitement in their voices about the work that they're doing and the hope that they have for the future, you'll be just as encouraged as I was. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. In our last podcast episode with the new Histiocyte Society president, Kim Nichols, we talked a little bit about the family group collaboration that was started back in 2016 and continued this year again during the Histiocyte Society annual meeting in Stockholm. This family group initiative is meant to be a liaison between the Histiocyte Society physicians and scientists and the patients and families. Several family group representatives attended the annual meeting this year, both in person and virtually, as this was the first ever hybrid meeting that the society held. These representatives were from all over the globe, from places like the U.S., France, the U.K., Italy, and more. I thought it might be interesting to get the views and opinions of a couple of the family group representatives who were in attendance, including the two guests I have with me today from Greece and Spain. So first of all, I'd like to give you a big warm welcome to the podcast, my friends. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you very much, Kathy. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to have you just um, introduce yourselves. I thought uh, we could start out with you just telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe your connection to Histio, and a little bit about your organization. Okay. Uh, My name is Dora Mustaka. I'm from Greece, and the first attempt to help was um, made in 1997. I work in a shipping company, and my boss, Paul Kondayanis, mentioned that uh, he has a son with a rare disease. So I thought it would be interesting if I volunteer to help somehow, and if I can. He said, of course, why don't you try to see if you can uh, organize uh, the Nicholas Symposium, the medical conference that I organized for the last um, 15 years, he said. Okay, I'll try to do that. So it was a success, and um, the second question came up from him asking me if I would like to volunteer my free time 
for the Parents Association. And I said, I didn't know that the Parents Association was for this rare blood-related disease. And he said, yes, there is. So I jumped in. And uh, from 1998 and onwards, I'm here to help as much as I can. So I represent Histiocytosis Elias, who was founded in 1994. And our goal is to provide patients and their families comfort and support. We contribute to scientific research and organize and fund the Nicholas Symposium every year. The Nicholas Symposium is a leading international scientific think tank focused on histiocytosis disorders, which was established in 1989. Histiocytosis LS is connected with Histio UK as well which was established in 1991, and Paul Kondoyanis is chair for both associations. Thank you. So I am Fernando Vox. Thank you, Dora, for your presentation. It's really exciting to be here with you. Uh, after so many years hearing about the work that the Head Association was doing and also the Istiocytosis, the Istiocyte Society, it's incredible to be part of, of this uh, meeting. And, and share with you our thoughts and, and, and what we have been doing until today. My connection with the istiocytosis is my son, Eyal. He's 13 years old and he was diagnosed when he was two years old. So we are 11 years already in the fight with him. And he's a multisystemic patient for LCH. We founded uh, our association in 2013. Uh, and we were very linked at the beginning to one hospital in Barcelona called the San Juan de Deu Hospital, where our kid was treated. And then we realized at that time that there was a need to found um, istiocytosis projects. And that's how we began. Uh, nowadays, we also uh, launched two years ago in 2020, or by the end of 2019, let's say, we launched our own support program, emotional support program for caregivers are for patients. We are dealing with both pediatrics and adult patients. We are reached by both of them. And the same as, as, as the Health Association, we, our aim and our vision is exactly that, to give support to the families, to give them as much as information as possible. And we organize also uh, international talks with physicians in order, uh, let's say, we, we are mainly focused, uh, we can say, in the Spanish speaker community, both in Spain and in all Latin American countries. So we are bridging between all those regions and the rest of Europe, of course, and now working internationally with the rest of the associations with this actually a dream coming through. Excellent. I, I love um, being able to talk about the Family Group Initiative on this podcast, just to let all of our community know that this is a global effort, that we are all coming together to try and see how we can go further, faster by working together. So thank you for sharing sharing that, both of you. I would like to know what you both really enjoy about the work that you do with your family group organization. Well, in fact, in Greece, we act as a family, as a very big family. We try to provide 
everyone need a helping hand. <clears throat> and I, I see everybody as a relative. I'll try to help them the most. I'll try to be in their family and try to understand their needs and try to, to solve problems, to find solutions, uh, to find hospitals, doctors, uh, researchers. Whatever they need, I'll try to be there for them as the person to solve problems. So I feel responsible for them, first of all, and I love each and every one very much. So, yes, we are a family. I am part of that family. I feel part of that family as well. I am, and and really, this is this is the, the this connection is exactly that, and, and and showing that that wherever we are, the Istio patients and the Istio families, and and the Istio interested people means that it's not only about I believe families and 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 it's also evolving and involving the the, the physicians and the scientific community. But what I really enjoy doing my work is that I am trying to do what I wanted to happen when I was diagnosed or when my kid, let's say, was diagnosed, covering those gaps that we we found over there, the uncertainty, the, the need to support, to receive support, emotional support, to get, uh, to get explanations, what was being done in terms of atrocitosis, what was that atrocitosis, that moment when you are diagnosed, when you receive a diagnosis at the first beginning, you are totally shocked. So um, uh, being able to work on those topics helped me personally, of course, understanding better the disease, understanding better what will be my present, my future. And also uh, it, it gave me the possibility to meet, when we started the association, other families and to start knowing that we were not alone in this fight, that there were many people also in the same situation as, as we were, even though in exocytosis, of, of course, there are total difference between one diagnosis and the other, but at the end, we feel the same pain, we share the same, um, let's say, fears, and, and our aim, and, and what I really enjoy, again, is being able to transmit all this knowledge that we are gaining through the years, because it's a learning curve where we are in and we are learning all the time and transmitting all this knowledge to the families and also to physicians, because I think that we have also a role over there to try to help the physicians being part of their team, the support team of the physicians and work collaboratively with them uh, in order to move forward together, because this is something that we need to solve. The solution will come from all of us uh, working together. So this is what I most enjoy. Yes, I, uh, Fernando, I think this is the most important question that I've received regularly. I mean, all the time. What is histocytosis? I don't know. The doctor doesn't know. And uh, I'm, I'm in shock. And uh, I'm desperate. Can you help me? What is this? What does rare disease mean? <laughs> These questions are heartbroken, and that's why uh, I deep into this so much and try to figure it out 
how can I give them, I support them with simple words, with simple meanings in order to understand and not to panic them with all the information that we know now. So yes, it's it's difficult, but at the same time, um, we have to help them. They need us, so we have to do our best for them. Yes, that, that's one of the, the, the examples that, that normally when I talk the first time with a family or, or with a patient, an adult patient, after talking to me, he's, he tells me, wow, what a relief to find somebody that speaks my language, that really understands my needs. And it's the first time. And you are giving me really a nice horizon to, to, to know that, okay, this will be a, a fight, but I will have somebody to, to lean on and to work with. So it's beautiful also that part. And I really enjoy it when, when uh, the first time some, some families come to us and, and we can, okay, sit with them and tell them, okay, don't, don't worry too much. Of course, you are going to worry. Of course, they will be suffer, but uh, this is a, something that you will be living with and you will have a good life as well or we will do also the best in order you to have the, the best life possible. That brings up a really good point about communicating with the families and how important that is and you know, we have those phone calls that come into our offices with people that are just, um, they're beside themselves because they don't understand what this is or what to expect and like you said a lot of times the doctors that they've seen first don't um, don't know what the disease is or or what the next steps are, and um, that can be that can be really frightening. Uh, just a little personal story: when I was 21 years old, I uh, I had rheumatic fever, um, which is a deadly disease, and I remember sitting in the doctor's office, and he had his feet up on the on the desk with a big medical book out and actually said, oh, that's what rheumatic fever is. And, you know, that is not a comforting position to be in. Um, so, you know, organizations like these family group organizations are so important as the that first line of communication that somebody has with anybody who understands what these things are. So let's talk a little bit more about communicating with the families. What other kinds of interactions do you have with them aside from those first phone calls, like when new information comes out and different things like that? How do you interact with your families? We usually um, call, call them again and ask them if they have the treatment, if they communicate with the doctor that we uh, propose, if they go to the center, if they start. Uh, their therapies, all this kind of stuff that they want to share with you. And, um, and how's the children or how's the adult who suffers from this rare disease? Uh, what kind of tests they have already done? Or what's the future? Uh, how's the families? Um, uh, how to deal with this disease if they need um, more support, let's say uh, a psychiatrist or, or somebody else to talk to, or we can arrange a coffee day so they can pass by the office and have a coffee and a long chat with them, which is very helpful. And uh, usually, once a year, we have a gathering 
and we invite all the patients to come along and have a small presentation about the disease. And we leave a free time to talk to each other, to learn uh, each other how other parents or adults react for this disease and to come closer to the doctors, to sit by, side by side and have a glass of wine and talk a little bit more friendly and not so officially in a hospital. So that's our methods. Well, we in Spain, uh, we organized in 2016 and 17 uh, an, annual, uh, an annual meeting for, for families and for patients. And we brought a couple of doctors to explain to them what was the situation of the research in terms of what was new and what were the, treat, uh, the treatments that were available at that time. And then we moved into the online phase when, when all the pandemia started. And, and we did uh, not only for the Spanish, uh, for the Spanish families, but we opened it worldwide and we received a lot of interest from Latin American countries. And we did two years in a row uh, in 2020 and 21. And there were 450 participants in those talks. Means that, wow. and, and it was half, let's say, half of, of the audience was doctors and half were families and patients. So our intention, our intention is to mix between those means that there is really a connection between the physicians, doctors, researchers, and family. I don't see really a separation on, on one side and the other side. I mean, of course there is, but the aim is to really, if the, we are able, the families and the patients, to really transmit to the doctors what the needs are, for them, it will be easier also to work and to find solutions based on the real feedback of the people that are behind the scenes. So um, that's what part of, of what we are doing. And also, uh, we have material in our website in order to explain to them. And each time there is a, a new talk or something like that, we send emails to everybody to invite, no matter where the talk is. We are also sharing now all the information of the American Association of Histiocytosis, which is constantly uh, organizing activities, which is also important to understand that where we as an association cannot arrive, there will be someone else arriving, that we are not alone, that it's not only the main, the only support that you can have is our association, but you can lean on the rest of associations that always also provide lots of resources. Also, there is a YouTube channel with many talks that we have also translated into different languages in our, well, with subtitles that you can really see in other languages, which is also helping patients globally that can also find this material very interesting to, to know. I, I love this conversation because it just shows how much we are working so hard to provide anything we can to fill those gaps and to help solve the problems like you both mentioned and um, just find different ways to touch as many people as possible. And, you know, one of the one of the ways that we um, are trying to do that is by 
collaborating more as as family groups. So I do want to shift a little bit and talk about the annual meeting of the Histiocyte Society this year. Now, although this meeting is um, typically for physicians and scientists to learn about the latest research and work on collaboration of their own for research, for many years, the society has also welcomed the family group representatives to attend the meeting um, to give them an opportunity to see and hear the latest research themselves and news from the histio world. So both of you attended that meeting this year. What does it mean to you as family group representatives to be included in this kind of a meeting? Well, first of all, finally, we meet each other after two Three years. Yes, which is <laughs> a long time. A long time. And it, it was especially an emotional meeting for everybody, I think, because after so long, so long time, we see each other face to face and not through a screen. Uh, so, first of all, it was very good to see each other. And um, as always, the meeting was fantastic because it makes us believe that there is a hope over there through the dedication and the collaboration of these doctors there. Give us hope that in a very short period of time, we will have an answer. We will find something. And we return home with um, a sense of achievement that we we can provide something more than a good word to the families, something more to the to the doctors, to the researchers. Please do your best. We are here to provide any support that you want, and do your best to fund us. A solution. So that's the feeling that uh, I have from the meetings every time I see you around. Well, for me personally, it was the first time to attend to an international meeting, and it was just amazing, amazing. Uh, I felt at home first of all, um, and and it had it had two visions from my point of view. One was the work we did with the associations, meet them first time in person. As Dora was saying, a lot of virtual things that we were doing around the last two years, especially during the, the pandemia time, that we were meeting and we, we had talks and we were already working together to, to find um, a way to communicate with the physicians as a group. So the first uh, thing was for me incredible to meet really people that was in the same line as me, working for so many years in the in the for the patients, for the families, and 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 really see that there were many many like me over there. So it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second part, of course, was the the, the practical part, uh, being able to participate in in the professional talks. For for me, it was mind opening means that I, I learned a lot of things that I never imagined that they were over there. I I was uh, all the time being uh, told about these meetings, by especially by Jorge Breyer, one of the Argentinian most 
uh, let's say, uh, enthusiastic doctors that, that are <laughs> in the world, I would say, not only in Argentina. Uh, and and it's the best dancer. Yes, yes uh, one of the best dancers. <laughs> and also uh, a great man, which was all the time pushing me and telling me, you will see over there something that you have never seen. And as Dora was saying, it's the house of the hope to, to really find uh, almost 300 doctors, physicians, researchers, and so on, that are dedicated to find these solutions. So it was, for me, blowing my mind, totally blowing my mind, uh, founding really a, a team to work with and to be able to project with them the next 10, 20, 30 years. So it's really an impressive group. And also being able to have some time, as, as Dora is saying, drinking wine, meet, mm -hmm. uh, going out to really, we had a feeling over there that we, we were a team. And, and this is also an, an emotion that I, I come back with. And also I am, I am already excited to come to Athens next year. So this is something <laughs> that uh, really got into me. And now, now I, I really found a group of people really dedicated. Uh, and evolve as, as we are. You're hooked now. <laughs> yes, totally. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll get to hear from both Dora and Fernando about their experience at the Histiocyte Society meeting in Stockholm, and in particular, the family group collaboration meetings with the board of the Histiocyte Society. We'll be right back. a place to share your histio experience with others like you? Are you looking for a place to feel supported or a place to feel less alone? A place to offer hope to yourself and others like you experiencing a rare histiocytic disorder. Hope for Histio, a peer-to-peer -peer forum for connection, could be what you are looking for. No one should have to face their histio journey alone. The Histiocytosis Association team is committed to helping foster connection across the histiocytosis community, as well as offering our hearts and time to support you as best as we can. We would love to see you join the discussion. To find out about our support sessions, please see the show notes for the link. Here in the United States, it's the week of Thanksgiving, a time to think about and acknowledge all of the things that we're so very grateful for. For us here at the association, the number one thing we're grateful for is you, our supportive community of patients, families, partners, and friends. One way in which we want to show our thanks for everything you do to keep this community thriving is to share with you the things that you've made possible and how hope is at the very center of everything we do. Hope is defined as a desire for things to change for the better and to want that better situation very much. This year, we want to provide hope to all of our community by having a very special HopeCast next Tuesday, November 29th, also known as Giving Tuesday. During this live cast, we, along with some very special guests, will be giving you a year-end update on all the things we accomplished during the year with the intention of sharing with you just how hard we're working to turn hope into reality. You don't want to miss it. Join us next Tuesday, November 29th, starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time for this special live episode of the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast. Watch your email and our social media channels for more information or email info at histio.org. We hope to see you there. 
Welcome back to part two of our interview with Dora Mustaka from Histio Hellas in Greece and Fernando Gatz from the OR Association in Spain. There's still so much to cover, so let's dive right in. As I mentioned in the intro, we uh, our October podcast featured Kim Nichols, who is the new president of the Histiocyte Society. And uh, we talked about this family group initiative that was started back in 2016 by then-president Carlos Rodriguez Galindo. Now, that initiative, although it was on hold for a few years because of the pandemic and other reasons, it kind of came back into focus this year at the annual meeting in Stockholm, where many family groups from around the globe were represented both in person and virtually um, because we had the opportunity to give to present this meeting uh, in a hybrid fashion, which was the first time we had ever done that. During that time, we had an opportunity to meet with the Histiocyte Society board and discuss future collaboration and how we can all work together. I would love to talk about those meetings and get your thoughts on how those meetings in particular went. Well, I think it will be the first time in 20 years that I participate in society meetings that I've seen so much effort from both uh, places, for, from the doctors and from the family groups. So our, our motto here in Greece is together we will find a cure. So this is very hopeful that in the future our collaboration brings better uh, results. What that means, maybe better research projects or maybe more uh, fundraising events in order to raise money for more research projects, Um, more uh, to be able to be able to communicate more with the history society as a family group in order to ask various questions that we cannot find answers locally uh, to have um, an open conversation about various issues that we cannot solve here alone it's uh, so many things so so many aspects that we can fill in but the, the feeling is amazing. Now I understand how is not to be alone, but to be together with all these amazing people from the society and from the family groups. That's unbelievable, amazing. I don't feel alone anymore. I feel very much connected and uh, I have the liberty to pick up the phone and call everybody and just for a friendly chat or a difficult question about a patient or whatever I want. So that's a relief. Thank you very much for this. Yes, I totally agree with, with Dora. It was amazing from that part, that, that, that knowing that really we have partners over there and, and talking about specifically to the meeting with the HS board, I think that, again, being together, communicating directly, uh, I think that we share a lot, a lot of common goals with the, with the HS uh, association. Means that we, we, we are both trying to find the cure for the patients. Uh, maybe we are the most, uh, 
impacted people by this disease, of course. So we are, let's say, I would consider even myself the engine of all that because we are the most interested that all this is happening. But we we need to find more efficient ways to work together. And that was maybe the aim of, of those meetings, to, to find mechanisms where we can really communicate, work on common projects, not only uh, among the associations which we launched already, and we are going to meet regularly, we already did, that we met for the first time after that meeting in Stockholm to really start working on projects as associations, as a global associations, let's say, all together, and finding the, the, the most effective way to work with the HS board in order also to be part of that Congress, for example, which is also a point to really establish a meeting for the associations each year that we will have the opportunity also to work there and, and to have our own space in order to, to be able to meet, to share ideas, to share feelings, and so on. But with them, with the HS board, as, as also Laura was mentioning, we really need to understand what they are working on in order to know how we can collaborate with. So it's a matter of, uh, we were saying, a wish list that we both create like a wish list. Okay, what would you like me to collaborate with and how can I afford to that? And et cetera, et cetera. So having a clear vision can help us only to achieve better goals or, or, or achieve them in a faster way. Because as Tora is saying, if we are all in our little, let's say, countries doing a lot of work, but we don't see the others' work, where maybe we can benefit from the works of the others. And that's the main idea was that we really uh, learn. First of all, it will be a difficult task to also learn how to work together because we also have, every one of us has their own organization and we are for years working as a, in a way. And now we will need to also understand the others' needs and in other regions, what are the needs in other regions? So it will help us also, uh, I believe it will help us a lot understanding the big picture, not only our national and regional needs, but also to know, okay, where is the Istio going as a disease? Not only as for my families, but also as a global common goal. You have to see the big picture. Right. I think... I think that what's um, so exciting about this initiative from my perspective is that for a long time, everybody was very separated, not just the family groups from themselves, but the patients from the doctors and the family groups from the, from the doctors and all of that. And it's like, while the, you know, the doctors and the researchers were kind of doing their thing and then all the family groups were trying to help the patients and families. Now it seems like the focus has shifted a bit where it's more um, patient-focused research and patient-focused initiatives where we're really seeking to fill those gaps and to, and to find what the patients and families need most. And I look at the family groups as the, as the connector between the, the, the physicians and the scientists and the patients and the families and just kind of that, um, that, magical entity that gets to share back and forth the knowledge and just keep uh, everything going and report back to the families what what we're learning in, in on the, the physician and scientist level and then take things from the patients and families and bring them to the doctors and scientists as well. So I think it's a beautiful conduit just kind of smoothly going back and forth. And I think that as we learn to um, work 
even better together. And we um, will be able to do things and not kind of duplicate our work. We'll be able to get things done more quickly. We'll be able to share resources. And I think it's it's only a good thing. From the advocacy part, I mean, nowadays, I am also participating in different projects, not only related to histiocytosis, but also related to cancer, for example, and to childhood cancer. And, and we are learning in many meetings and many global meetings that the, the associations and the parents associations are playing an important role now in the clinical trials, in the design of the clinical trials. Means that it's not just an advice that we give as, as a parent association, but it, it's becoming like a must to have the opinion and the, let's say the okay from parents' association in order to launch some researches and some clinical trials. So step by step, that that union is becoming true. Means that it's not only that you share what your feelings are, but in an organized way, we were having now a way, let's say, in those when the decision maker needs to take a decision, we need to be part of that thing as well. I believe that it's part of our thing. It's not something that we can also delegate to somebody else. It's part of our function. It means to be a voice for those patients and for those families that cannot attend to this type of meetings, international meetings that we are having. But it's something that it's like a mandate uh, for the associations to, to be part of all this uh, thing. Very good point. The advocacy is so, so important. So um, what what are some of the things that you discussed in those meetings and what are some of the projects that you're going to be working on? Talking about what we have talked, not only as, 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 as uh, local associations, but as a group family association, let's say, what we have talked uh, also in Sweden and, and after that meeting uh, also was related to two things. One was communication, how to better communicate uh, between all the regions and all the family groups. Uh, to find mechanisms to, to really, uh, but also to, to try to gap on the language barriers that we are encountering because also we have a, a, a gap. Uh, and, and also, um, actually, it was a proposal by uh, a Greek doctor. One of the projects that we are going to try to also participate in is in the registration, registration of patients at European level. Uh, that was something that is something that is already done in Greece locally. And Dr. Makras, if I am not wrong, is trying to expand to the rest of the regions. And we are going to see as family groups how we can afford to that, how we can support that uh, registration and find ways in order to add, uh, to, to disseminate, of course, the information between the patients and see how they can enroll into this uh, registration projects. Also, we have the, the idea to, to in, a, in a near future, of course, to, to find common projects. For example, one of the projects can be, how do we create an agenda or an, a common agenda? A place where you can find all the activities that are being done in esthetosis around the world, for example. How can the patients in the US participate in the activities that uh, our association is doing in Spain. There are many activities for Spanish speakers that can participate, not only in the US, there are also maybe Spanish speakers in Greece or Spanish speakers, I don't know, in China. And if they want to participate in our activities, 
how can we communicate as a group again? How can we, let's say, use these satellites being satellites of this dissemination of information? So we will need to find a way what is the best mechanism again to, to use in order to the families to be able to find different options of, of where can I participate, with which association, in what. So that's something that also we need to learn how to work with. Excellent. So looking kind of at the bigger picture, what what is your vision for the future of your um, your own organizations as well as for this family group initiative? What would you love to see take place? Well, I would love to be able one day to say to them, we have found a cure. Mm-hmm. This is my dream. Uh, for the last 25 years, that, uh, I'm involved in histiocytosis in general. Um, I believe that we are one step closer to that answer. And I really hope to be able to make this announcement to the families. Um, well, I, I think that the, what I would like to to, to see in, in the future is what we are doing exactly now, what we launch now, to really start working together as associations, as a group, not 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 to be divided and not to be, let's say, separate and do separate work. I mean, we will keep doing the separate work and each one in, the, in his own country and the region and for the patients, but also participate in a way in, in, in global things, in global initiatives, when we can really find something bigger than what we can find locally in our place. Um, also, I am I am very interested in um, really now that I went to this congress in Stockholm, I met all these doctors, researchers, and so on. It's really communicate about their work to the rest of the regions. Again, there is a gap. Um, I think that there is a gap that the HS not necessarily reach everybody in the world and not everybody's part of the Eastside society. And that's something that we also need to promote means that we need to tell our local doctors and the doctors that we know that's the house of the histiocytosis. Go there, be a member, be aware of the activities. So in all those activities, we can also, again, play a role in the communication side and promote all this work that the Eastside Society is promoting. Uh, Apport, uh, again, ideas about what type of projects can be done in the future. I believe that one of one vision is the ones that the physician has, but one different vision can be what the patients and their families are seeking for. For example, uh, one of the things that I am very interested in is finding a solution for the diabetes insipidus. Uh, that's a collateral uh, effect that uh, many of the patients with histiocytosis have. And this is something that until today was not solved, means that there is no cure for that. So um, I don't know if that's something that can be researched. Uh, I know that, for example, one of the the, the most impressive things I I have seen in in, in Stockholm was uh, the presentation by Astrid uh, talking about the Nicholas Symposium, where people from outside the histocytosis were uh, giving and were providing ideas 
how to attack, let's say, the histiocytosis from a different point of view. And that's something that I believe is the, the crucial part, means that we already know, let's say, the people that are working in histio, but we need to also, um, let's say, promote to other doctors, uh, uh, different communities of doctors, to participate in the histiocytosis, because that way we will maybe find a cure. As of course, I, I do, I do have the same vision as Dora that we will find some someday a, a cure. But until we reach that moment, I really hope that we can work together because also there is a matter I am also seeing now. Dora is 20 years already in helping the, the Heras Association and collaborating with them. But I find that after 10 years that you are having an association and you are running an association and, and you are putting efforts in an association, there is like a, a, a how to pass that barrier of 10 years of work. So I believe that maybe coming together and working together, it will give us a lot of much more space in, uh, uh, as an association I am talking, that we will find more resources to work with. Uh, as Tori is saying, we have found friends that are interested in working in Istio as we are doing. So how can we really collaborate in a, in, in a way that it really helps us in the day-to-day -day work as an association. Excellent. Well, I think that um, we have proven a couple of things. We've proven how um, how valuable this family group initiative is and um, how important it is to keep that open communication with the doctors and also with the patients and families. And we've proven how much... Um, how much fun we have together <laughs> and how how many things that we want to work on together in the future as well. So um, before we wrap up, what news do you have from your own organizations? Do you have any events going on, anything you want to share with the audience? And also, how can people find your organizations if they want to learn more? They can always come to the website which is histioarchemics.org. You can find us. You can find uh, more information about the Nicholas Symbolsum at uh, nixin.org. Um, we try to arrange um, our yearly parents' uh, doctors' meeting in January. And um, now with COVID raises again, you know, it's a big mess if we actually be able to do this in or not. But we will try to do it. So, and next year, Kathy, as you may know, we are going to have the History Society meeting in Athens. In <laughs> I know this well. <laughs> we are going to host <laughs> you know that, okay. And we are going to host this beautiful meeting in a sunny country and uh, with the hope that a lot of parents associations we would like to participate as well. Uh, we are going to have a lot of work to do in order to accomplish yes. this. As successful as the first time. That's right. And in the meantime, in May, we have the Nicholas Symposium 
which will take place on May 18th to 21st. More information at the website. So that's all for me. Okay. As for us, the, we, we have two ongoing support, emotional support groups. Uh, one is for parents of kids with esiocytosis, all type of osteocytosis. And we meet regularly uh, every three weeks where we have two psychologists participating in these talks. And it's a place where we meet and we talk and we share, uh, we share feelings and we get also a lot of feedback from the psychologists and a lot of support. That's one group. And the other group is for adult patients. We, they regularly also are meeting as a group independently from the families. I, we believe that it's kind of separate groups, the adults, of course, and the pediatric patients. And the adults feel much more, uh, much comfortable to work uh, alone between them and among them. And, and we also are going to organize uh, now by, by year end or beginning of, of next year, a talk with the uh, two specialists in Istio because uh, the adults group we believe are now the most, let's say, orphans in, 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 our, in the situation because they really have much less information than the pediatric groups. So those are, are the, the big, uh, the big uh, let's say, activities that we are working on. And we will keep uh, collaborating with the, the two foundings. We have two foundings, two, two grants that we are founding. One is in Barcelona with the Hospital San Juan de Deo. I, that's concentrated in the neurodegenerative disease of Istio. And we have a second study going on in Argentina uh, which is related to immune therapies uh, and trying to find uh, new treatments for uh, pediatric patients. And we are opening two other grants in Argentina now. We are going to collaborate with two more hospitals dealing with two different uh, research lines. And as part of our activities, we'll always be going in terms of fundraising, in terms of talks and so on. We have also an, a website or association dot org and also in instagram and facebook we post a lot of material uh, as, as it's more maybe interactive than a website so and we see also all the work that the other associations are doing and it's really great to really share it and and post the the other ones also initiatives as well because we feel it's only it's the same values that we are having Excellent. Lots of exciting things going on. And I will um, leave the links to your organizations in the show notes if anybody wants to check them, that out. So before we finish up, I always like to give my guests an opportunity. Do you have any uh, final thoughts or anything you'd like to share directly with the Histio community? Well, I, I really want to thank for this uh, opportunity. Uh, I think that, that this um, gathering together that we are having now, especially this talk, is, is a grateful thing. It's something that, again, I always dream that uh, we could do it to work in, in different regions uh, together for the, to find the Nistio cure. And it's an honor also to be, to be part of this community because even though there is a suffering part, of course, in the personal way, uh, having the chance to meet so many interesting people as Dora, 
for example, ha- charming people, happy people, uh, sad people, doesn't matter. We are a community, and, and I feel personally that this community is becoming bigger and it's becoming stronger with the years. And I really feel grateful for being part of it. Well, uh, we desire to provide a beacon of hope for everyone battling histiocytosis. United, we will succeed. And we feel grateful for all the doctors and all the families and all of these who are involved in this case, in this rare disease. And um, I'm very happy to work with Kathy, to work with you, Kathy. It's, uh, it's a great, it's a pleasure. We always work fantastic together. Uh, it's everything goes smoothly. And um, Fernando, I know you love to talk. You love to talk. You like it so much. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you in our conversation. Pleasure meeting you. I hope all the best for everybody. Excellent. Well, I have loved this conversation and having the opportunity to see the Histiocyte Society meeting and family group initiatives uh, through your eyes. I think it's really important for our patients and families to hear and understand that there are people all over the world that are advocating for them and working as liaisons to make sure that their voices are heard among the medical community. So thank you both so much for taking the time to be with me here today. I truly appreciate both of you and the tireless work you do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it helped you to feel just a little less alone in your journey with histiocytosis. I hope that it was encouraging to hear that there are global efforts being made daily to work towards supporting patients and families, as well as physicians and scientists, and that we're joining forces more and more every day to reach our ultimate goal of finding a cure for histiocytosis. Remember, you play a part in all of this as well. You can share resources, raise awareness, become an ambassador, or hold a fundraising event to support the mission of the Histiocytosis Association. You can share these global histio family groups with people you meet in other countries who may need exactly such an organization because they're on their own histio journey. No part is too small to play. Each and every action matters in this fight. If you liked this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode of Beyond the Diagnosis is released. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, you can email it to podcast at histio.org and put podcast idea in the subject line. For links to websites, studies, articles, or resources referenced in today's episode, be sure to check the show notes. As always, we've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.